it's all about playing the game the right way. The name on the front of the jersey is more important than that name on the back of the jersey. You play for the Indiana Pacers. That's who you represent. What's up, everybody? This is Jack from All Pacers Pod. I'm joined by my dear friend and producer, Austin. What's up, man? Oh, my belly is full. My uh, mind is strong and my feet are secure. <laughs> What's your belly full of? I just had a uh, peanut butter, avocado, and cucumber sandwich <laughs> on whole grain toast. Sprinkle a little basil on there. It was pretty good. That's so weird. <laughs> it was my first time having it yeah and uh, you invented it yeah the pac a pack oh uh-huh will you eat it again yeah i would All i'll right. make it i might make one tomorrow creative man cucumbers are hard to go through what do you mean unless you're like making a, a salad a big salad for a lot of people cucumber is hard to go through and they're easy to overbuy because they're so big you cut them into those thin slices unless you're just like eating real chunky cucumbers i don't yeah have you ever got into pickling things not a big pickle fan of pickles or pickled things Mm -hmm. i do like chicago uh hot dogs which come with a pickle spear on them but that's about all i will eat with a pickle on it that sounds so good i worked at a panera bread years ago as you know yep and I had to deal with pickled onions a lot. I thought they smelled horrible. I thought they looked <laughs> disgusting. And I, I don't know that I've actually tried one. I'm kind yeah. of afraid. Uh, Panera's kind of gross too, though. Not going to lie. Yeah. Did, could you tell? Because I remember when it was nice. We're going so off track. It's fine. <laughs> um, people need to know the truth about Panera Bread. Yeah, people need to know. So I remember when it was kind of nice where you worked, the Panera. And then it slowly declined. And yeah. it's just like super trashy now. Were you there for the decline? <laughs> Every day just felt like a decline when I was there. Like <laughs> the whole like management, like the people that worked there, it was honestly the grimiest place I ever worked. Like some of the people there were just so horrible. Not even just like gross, but like they were just like terrible, like lying like scummy people yeah did anyone put stuff in the food no nobody put stuff in the food um i will admit one time this is scummy (laughs) of me one time somebody came through the drive-thru and ordered a half a dozen bagels they were like blueberry bagels i think and we only had six left and i dropped one and so I picked it up off the floor and just threw it in the box. Jeez, man. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. Did you like have did you have to convince yourself that you hated that person in order to do to do that or was it pretty easy to like pick it up off the floor and give it to him? Nah, it was pretty you get you get good at making snap decisions in Panera Bread. <laughs> this podcast and what we're doing today is not a snap decision. We spent a lot of time coming up with the content we're going to talk about today. Yep. And this is a follow-up to our podcast we did a couple weeks ago where we did the 50 through 31st best Pacers of all time. Today we're going to be doing 30 through 21. So we're doing just 10 players today. We're going to talk about all these guys. And you'll recognize most of them if you haven't heard of some of them. It's understandable. We didn't really until we started doing research on this. Um, But these guys are 
interesting. We're going to have some cool anecdotes, some great stats as well. And if you guys, as always, disagree or, or agree with what we're talking about, let us know. We'd love to talk about it on Instagram or Twitter. We won't get back to you on Twitter because we don't really check it. But uh, feel free to message us there. Who knows? Maybe one day when we look at it, we'll have a ton of messages from you guys. But Don't anyway, send us pictures of your feet. What would you say? Don't send us pictures of your feet. Yeah, please stop sending us pictures of your feet. And Austin has, uh, we talked before this podcast, Austin has asked me to let everyone know to stop asking him for pictures of his feet. <laughs> yeah, if you're one of the three people who I'm actually friends with in real life that regularly ask me for feet pictures when I do an Instagram live, <laughs> stop it. I just want to clear the air. I've never asked Austin for a picture of his feet. I know a lot. I know most of you people who are listening uh, don't know Austin's friends, but you know that I'm one of his friends. So it just is easy. It's easy to group me with his friends that ask for pictures of his feet. That is not me, and I would guess that it's not Jeremy as well. But who knows? No, Jeremy's never asked me for pictures of my feet. Other Yet. people's feet, maybe, <laughs> maybe he has. Like, yeah, you, who knows? Who knows? I would say that there's a great chance Jeremy's asked for pictures of feet from people. seven minutes into this podcast dude we we gotta get going i'll i'll call jeremy later and ask him but um austin do you feel ready to do this podcast now sure all right let's do it so um quick recap of the uh 50 through 31 best players i'm just going to give you a name austin you're allowed to stop me on two of these guys and say something real quick if you want okay okay so 50 brad miller 49 austin crozier 48 mike bantam 47, Travis Best. 46, Steven Jackson. 45, Johnny Davis. 44, Darren the Jehovah's Witness Collison. 43, Thaddeus Young. 42, Chris Mullen. 41, Jamal Tinsley. 40, Boyan Bogdanovich. 39, Wayman Tisdale. 38, Darnell Hillman. 37, Steve Stepanovich. 36, Mike Dunleavy. 35, James Edwards. 34, your boy Al Harrington. 33, Big Troy Murphy, 32, Antonio Davis, and 31, the future GOAT, Demonis Sabonis. Austin, did you have any takeaways from those 20 players right there? Still outrageous that Al Harrington is below Troy Murphy, but whatever, we move on. <laughs> All right, yes, we move on. So, number 30, Austin, do you want to uh, tee us up with a stat of the day for this guy? Yes, number 30 is none other than Jeff Foster, who is getting his second stat of the day. If you guys remember, pre-COVID times, we did a podcast, and I dedicated a stat of the day to Jeff Foster. Uh, it was a game in 2010 that the Pacers got slaughtered. The Pacers were really bad. The Kings were in town. They were really bad, and the Pacers got slaughtered in that game. And it's memorable for me because, A, it was the last time I saw Jeff Foster play in person, and, B, I got really, really sick from a pretzel with cheese at Banker's Life Arena. And yeah, one, one of my favorite stats of the day. It was one of the worst nights of my life. My cousin was there. I was vomiting. I pooped on myself a little bit while I was vomiting. <laughs> it was horrible. 
Yeah. I mean, also, I, my brother uh, pooped his pants at a Pacers Heat playoff game one time. Oh, man. That is the game you don't want to poop your pants at. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. That was like 20. That was probably that last year that they were in the conference finals. So 2014. So my brother, yeah, he was probably like 11. Yeah, oh, totally man. just like sharded <laughs> all in his pants. Was the game over, started, or was it in the game? No, it was like in the middle of the game. <laughs> and so what do you do there? He says, because we just talked about it the other day, he says he turned his underwear inside out. Okay. Which doesn't make any sense because now you have poop on the inside of your pants. Yeah, good good point. You just have to throw them away. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that, that seems like a decision an 11-year-old You can would try make. and flush them. It's not going to work because I remember kids when I was in school would try to flush their underwear down the toilet. What? You never had that? You walk in the no, bathroom dude, and somebody you, would be you like, Ew, look at this. No, you have an abnormal amount of poop your pants stories. Nah, so like at least a half dozen times between elementary and middle school, I saw underwear in the toilet <laughs> it was like a once a year thing i never saw that i promise i never saw that <laughs> well you missed out <laughs> no i didn't i did not <laughs> so anyway what's your jeff foster stat of the day this jeff foster stat is actually a good one okay in oh tell me if you know where you were march 12th 2006 oh at 6 um, p.m 6 p.m.? Mm-hmm. What, what day of the week do you know? I'm going to guess it was probably a Saturday or a Sunday because it's at 6 p.m. Um, okay, then probably home playing Star Wars Battlefront 2. Okay, yeah. That's a good guess. I very well could have been doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, May the 4th be with you also. Oh, yeah. We are May recording this on May 4th. Uh, Victor Oladipo's birthday. Even better. And super fan Willem Seppel's birthday, just found out. Even better, better. Anyways, the Pacers uh, lost, shocker, to the lowly Toronto Raptors, who were not very good this year. It looks like the Pacers were a at least borderline playoff team at this time. They're a little above 500. Jeff Foster, though, in this game, 19 points, which tied his career high, and 16 rebounds. In this losing effort. Wow. So So 19 game. and 16? Yeah, 19 and 16. Also Danny Granger's rookie year. Oh, that's cool, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so that's probably the best Jeff Foster game of his career. Uh, and also the Toronto Raptors had a guy on their team named... Uh, Well, it's P-A-P-E, so I, I was like, Pappy or Pape? Yeah, uh, it's pronounced Popsu. Oh, okay. I thought it was Pape Psy. I've always called him Pape Psy. I don't. I don't know. Is it S Y the last name? Pops S O W. Oh, then no. I don't From know who that Senegal. is. Pops Popsal. Popsal. Pappy <laughs> Pappy Sal. Pappy. I think it's Pappy Sal. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Okay. Jeff Foster, nineteen and sixteen. That's huge. That was actually something I was going to bring up. Was his career highs. Um, because he played 13 seasons with the Pacers, 
mm-hmm. and in the NBA in total was 13 seasons. And the most points he ever scored in one game was 19, which is insane. But uh, yeah, rebounds was 18 as a career high. So 19 and 16 is a, a great game for Jeff Foster. Actually, have some advanced statistics because when I originally saw Jeff Foster at 30, I was going to pump the brakes on you. <laughs> and I still kind of think I should, but not as hard. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Foster, 71st all time in defensive rating for, I mean, as far as career average, and number 11 all time in rebound percentage. Mm hmm. So that is uh, the percentage of rebounds that are available while a player is on the court, how many of them they get. Right. And And essentially every one of every five rebounds he was getting. Right. And there's not many people who value rebounds more than you, Austin, as the largest Reggie Evans fan I've ever heard of. Ugh. Reggie Evans was so good. He is number three all time in rebound oh. percentage. Well, Do you know I, hey, I'm glad you brought this up because I actually saw that he's fifth all time in offensive rebound percentage. Did you see this? Jeff Jeff Foster is Jeff Foster's fifth. Do you think you could name the top four? Uh, probably Rodman Evans. Rodman first. Is Evans in there? Evans is not. Jeff Foster was a better offensive rebound than your boy Reggie Evans. Uh, Drummond. Drummond is two. Oh, gosh. I wouldn't even know uh, the other three, at least off the top of my head. Yeah. So it's uh, another 10-time All-Star. Or no, this dude played on 10 different teams, and he's a Hall of Famer. Moses Malone. Yeah, Moses Malone is three. And then number four is Larry Smith. I, I, I don't know who that is, to be honest. But um, Jeff Foster's fifth on that list. He beat the likes of Tim Duncan, um, Reggie Evans, Hakeem Olajuwon. You know, three of the greatest rebounders all time right mm-hmm. there <laughs> off the top of my head. So, yeah, I looked at this list again today and saw him at 30 and looked at his stats and thought this was kind of crazy, too, because his uh, career averages in the NBA, which is 13 seasons, is 4.9 points, 6.9 rebounds and 0.9 assists. And I didn't even think it was worth mentioning his blocks because um, he didn't really block shots either. So no. what Jeff Foster did was come off the bench play little minutes typically he started or he was like the power the starting power forward Roy Hibbert's rookie year I think all season but that was the only time he ever started for the Pacers what would you say starting center not true though he started almost the whole year uh 03-04 oh that's what I was saying I got to the conference finals that was the uh 04 NBA Live 2004 was the first basketball video game I ever had yeah that's Jason Kidd on the cover right I don't know. My mom threw away all my cases and kept my discs in sleeves and like those like disc books that you had. I think that's, let me see. I mean, like Wade was, I think Wade was 06 or 05. Uh, yeah. Wade was 06 because that was the, uh, Oh, what's it called? They won the championship the year before. Yeah. But that was also the year, the first year that the uh, 360 came out. So oh. he was on that. And Shaq was on the 2Ks at that time. So mm-hmm. they were both two Heats players. Um, uh, I was thinking of NBA Live 03, Jason Kidd. Uh, that soundtrack went platinum. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Crazy. I was, I was in a studio in New York one time, and I saw, like, the platinum plaque on the wall. And I was like, 
what? <laughs> this video game soundtrack went platinum. That's Amazing. crazy. Yeah. So what what does it mean to go platinum? How many records do you have to sell? A million. That's crazy, man. Yeah. It could have been silver. I'm colorblind, but for the sake <laughs> of this, it went platinum. That's awesome. Um, so let's get back to Jeff Foster. I have a few more things I wanted to mention. Uh, his career earnings as a pacer is fifty million seventy thousand and seventy five dollars. He's the second longest tenured pacer of all time, behind obviously Reggie Miller. He's fourth in games, third in offensive rebounds, eighth in defensive rebounds, fourth in total rebounds, tenth in steals, fourth in fouls, and first in offensive rebound percentage. Plus, I have or I had an autographed t-shirt from Jeff Foster, which my grandparents bought for me when I was a kid for the cheap price of $100. <laughs> that was a waste of money. <laughs> yeah. Also, so, um, there's a video of him dunking from a free throw line on YouTube. Oh. When he's in college. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, where did he go to college? It was some Texas state, uh, Texas Western, Texas state university. Yeah. Okay. So, um, if you've been a Pacers fan for a long time, you know Jeff Foster. We, me and Austin both grew up knowing his name, obviously, and we've both, we both have stories about him when we were kids. But, um, yeah, I think 30th is good for Jeff Foster, whose stats aren't great, but is the second longest Pacer of all time at 13 years. So That um, is the only thing that got him in the top 30. <laughs> well, the, that rebound percentage too, man. Yeah. I'm still pumping the brakes. I think 30 is too high, but but when it, you look when you look who's below him, it's kind of tough to like put him any lower, you know. Sabonis so will pass him up soon, right? I think he already has. Okay, I mean he was. Would you rather star. have 13 years of Jeff Foster or three years of Sabonis? <laughs> I might be biased by saying three years of Sabonis, right? That's no, I think that's bias. I would rather have three years of Sabonis too. He's way yeah, better. You're right. I just want to reward. I just want to reward my man Jeff Foster for 13 seasons with, you know, the Indy Pacers. It's a big deal. Mm. And uh, he is a rich man because of it. Fifty million dollars. That is wild for career stats of 4.9 points, 6.9 rebounds, 0.9 assists. Anyway, let's move on. I think that's enough Jeff Foster talk for one pod. Um, to number 29, Billy Keller. A.K.A. Bill Keller, who comes in at 29 on this list, played seven seasons with the Pacers. He was a point guard slash shooting guard, averaged 11.8 points, 2.4 rebounds, and 3.6 assists on the Pacers. And actually, all seven of his seasons were on the Pacers, so those are his career stats as well. And Austin, did you come up with any cool anecdotes for this guy or any uh, stats that you want to talk about? I did, yeah. I uh, don't know who Billy Keller is. I have never seen a highlight of him at all. <laughs> um, I just know that he won three titles with the Pacers. Um, however, I found an article in the South Florida Sun Sentinel from March of 1986 that, for whatever reason, was writing about Indiana Central University where I guess Bill Keller used to coach. Um, and at one point in the article, they, uh, the author, who his name is or Robbie Andrew, he's probably deceased now, um, he says that Bill Keller 
perfected the three-point shot. Um, which I think is a bit ridiculous because Bill Keller shot 33.8% from three for his career uh, over the course of one, two, three, seven seasons. Um, so what what would he say about somebody today? Like, I mean, I looked it up. Yogi Ferrell shoots like 36.5 for his career. You better chill out, dude. Don't slander my favorite has, player. I'm just saying, has Yogi Ferrell perfected the three-point shot? If it was 1986, yes. I guess so. Um, okay. So what the important thing to know about Bill Keller is, because I found this as well. I wouldn't say he perfected the three-point shot. I'd say that he ushered in a new era of three-point shooting before anyone was ready for it. So he led the NBA in three-pointers attempted and three-pointers made in three different seasons. One of the seasons he shot more than 300 threes in a single season. And second place, so he shot 349 threes that season. It was 75-76. Second place shot 208 that season. And that was Don Buse, who was also on the Pacers. He was shooting close to 150 more threes than the next, uh, high, like the next person on that list. And, I mean, that was kind of unheard of up to that point. So, did he perfect it? No, but he did start people, or he did start to get people to think about three-pointers, you know? Especially, like, a good player who was winning championships and shooting all these threes. He was a crucial part of those teams. So, look, wasn't a, like, particularly great player, but, you know, there might be some value to that article written in 86. Perhaps. Perhaps. A guy in Florida writing about a guy from Indiana. Um, but uh, do you have anything else you wanted to mention about him? Because I, I also don't know much about Bill Keller, not going to lie. But he was a crucial part of those championship teams. Yeah, I uh, I didn't even read this whole article because when I saw that quote, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> how, how good was this guy? And look. No denying, if he resurrected in his, well, he's not dead, but, like, if you put him in a time machine and, you know, made him 26 years old again, he would probably beat me one-on-one. No way, dude. He can't guard your mid-range turnaround. That's true. I don't think anyone can. And also, you have a high school record. I do have a high school record at a school I will not disclose (laughs) <laughs> but I shot 100% on free throws one year, and that is at least tied for the school record. So, yeah. Dude, amazing. Legendary. But Bill Are, Keller led the league in free throw percentage in 73. Oh, I didn't see that. That's cool. Uh, so, yeah, pure shooter right there. There you go. Um, He also went to Purdue with uh, Rick Mount, who was part of that ABA championship dynasty. <laughs> And uh, won Mr. Indiana in 1965. So just an Indiana boy through and through. He was. Yeah, so that that's cool. Seven seasons with the Pacers, that's all he played. And he comes in on our list at number 29. So let's move on to 28. This is a fan favorite. This gets so many likes on Instagram if I ever post about this dude. It's none other than Lance Stevenson, who has always been fun. We love Lance Stevenson. I mean, I do. I don't, I don't know how you feel about him, Austin, but... 
played nine seasons with, wait i have him at nine seasons with the pacers is that right that's not right that's not right that's nine that's seasons in the, in the nba i think yes. he played six with the pacers but played shooting guard and small forward um averaged with the pacers 9.1 points 4.6 rebounds and 3.1 steals however his best season he averaged 13.8 points 7.2 rebounds and 4.6 assists his career averages altogether dipped from his Pacers averages. So his career was 8.6 points, 4.2 rebounds, and 2.9 assists. And what I have to say about that is Lance Stevenson works in Indiana. Lance Stevenson doesn't work anywhere else. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Um, oh, except China. He works in China. He works in China very well. I just think Lance was kind of hit by the sudden shift to three like heavy three-point shooting uh much in the way that small ball really hit Roy Hibbert fast um Lance Stevenson was a porous three-point shooter who would shoot them at bad times and you know he he was just prone he was prone to silly mistakes he was also prone to lighting up the other team for long stretches um you know he was up there in triple doubles in the league for a little while um in those years that he was really good with the pacers yeah Um, i have something to add about that later but lance stevenson anytime he stepped on the court he thought he was the best player it didn't matter who he was playing against and he had that uh confidence about him that you know would make or break the pacers yeah, and, and I mean, at times, like his antics because of that, because of him thinking he's the best player on the court, his antics would, you know, lead to wins and get in LeBron's head, who's maybe the greatest player of all time. You could say that LeBron's biggest enemy is Lance Stevenson. So much you, so that he recruited him for the Lakers last year. <laughs> so much so. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I love Lance. I, I loved all of his antics. I loved that he was the biggest triple double threat for a couple seasons in the NBA, it seemed like. And uh, he was just all over the court. Was he the right shooting guard for our team at the time? Probably not. Um, but we got to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple times with him starting at shooting guard. And mm-hmm. it kind of worked, you know. So the season, in, or in 2013-2014, that season, he actually led the league in triple doubles. Do you know how many he had? I'm going to say like nine. No, he had five. So even less than you thought. Wow. But I remember thinking then that that was unreal because it was so rare to get a triple-double. Like, you Mm -hmm. remember when Andre Blatch went for it hardcore and when Andre Miller got a triple-double one time because the last second uh, shot from the other team bounced off the rim and he caught it real quick to get a triple-double. And, like, players would try so hard to get these triple-doubles. And when Lance had five in one season, it just felt unreal to me. And now, like, people – players can get it whenever they want, you know, like – Damanis Sabonis probably had five this year. I think he had four or five. Do you? Uh, what, what was your fa- what was your favorite Lance Stevenson moment? Uh, Lance Stevenson, when he was in Charlotte, released a freestyle to the popular Bobby Shmurda song, with the title which I cannot say, um, <laughs> on at any time, not even just on recording. But um, if you know Bobby Shmurda's catalog, you know what song I'm talking about. Hashtag free Bobby, by the way. Um, 
and he did a freestyle to that. It's hilarious, and he's not the only pe- former Pacer to have uh, songs on the internet. Oh, who else? Well, maybe we'll find out later. Ooh, okay. Well, I can see the list of names here, and I'm kind of excited. I'm hoping it's one of these guys. I got one guy I'm really hoping it is. Um, yeah, Lance Stevenson, known for blowing in LeBron's ear in the NBA. Um, in NBA communities, that's what he's known for. But for us here in the Pacers community, we know him as the epitome of what it means to be a Pacer. So Lance Stevenson, gotta love him. We have him at 28. I think that's fair. He was on those Eastern Conference Finals teams, like I said, so I like him here. Let's move on to number 27. This is Don Buse. Austin, do you want to talk about Don Buse at all before I give his stats? Yeah, I've got some stats about uh, Boo, as he was known. Um, Don Buse, much like Bill Keller, somebody I have never heard of. (laughs) Uh, You could have told me he was anybody before this, really. Um, But really did have some... Crazy stats in that he led the ABA in minutes, assists, and steals. He averaged 4.1 steals in the 76 season. Um, won a championship. Um, what else did I have here? Oh, he's currently 69 years old. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> um, he was on some of those. Uh, sons were really good in the late 70s and uh, was a game away from the finals with them against the Sonics in 79 uh, when the Sonics won the title, their only title. Um, and I also found this article. Um, what was this publication? The Courier Press. This is actually from uh, last April. Um, this guy, oh, this is an Evansville, Indiana paper. This guy, Gordon Englehart. Um, and he asked... Don Buse a question. <clears throat> he asked Don Buse a question about Roger Brown, and in response, uh, part of his quote is, Roger was tough in the clutch. He had good head. <laughs> Stop, dude. <laughs> also, Don Buse used to be a horse girl. He, at one point, uh, owned racehorses. So Don Buse, horse girl, Thought Roger Brown had good head. All right. Really so, good at getting steals. <laughs> Are those your stats about him? Yeah. So what do you think he dressed up as when he was in like fourth or fifth grade going to school? He was for sure a furry off court. <laughs> off court in all walks and at any age. You think in the 50s and 60s he was a furry? Oh, no doubt. <laughs> All right, you heard it here first. Austin believes Don Boos is a, a furry. Much so, like Bill Keller was ahead of his time with a three-point shot, Don Boos was ahead of his time with furry culture. Stop. <laughs> all right, so he is number 27 on our all-time Pacers. We don't want to disrespect him too much. This is just all speculation. It could or could not be true. We don't know. We may never know. So let me just talk about his stats real quick with the Pacers. He averaged 7.7 points, three rebounds, assists, and 2.5 steals during his time with the Pacers. His uh, career averages dipped a little, but 7.1 points, 2.7 rebounds, 4.6 assists. Like Austin said, he led ABA in steals twice. I don't know if he said twice, but he led it twice, led it in assists twice. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and he led in defensive box plus minus three times. He was a six-time All Defensive Player, two-time All Star, and his best season with the Pacers, he averaged twenty or twelve point five points, three point eight rebounds, eight point two assists, and four point. They got covered up on my Excel spreadsheet. Four point one steals, which is unbelievable. I mean, I know it was a different era, and like there were a lot of schmucks in that era as well. But to you know dominate in a era like that on defense is is crazy. Four point one steals in any game is insane. So he did that for a whole season, and just a defensive juggernaut. So Don Buse is twenty seven, and he might be a furry. Number twenty six. This is a guy a lot of you guys love. He might be some of your favorite players. He's here, but he's quickly moving up the ranks. We're hoping to see him top 10 one day, maybe. Who knows, but he might get traded. But this is none other than Texas College, or University of Texas phenom, Miles Turner. Austin. Miles Turner played one season at Texas before he was drafted 11th by the Pacers in 2015. We didn't know what to expect from him. His college stats weren't great. I mean, I think he had 10 points and like six rebounds a game as a freshman. But came into the Pacers and was ready to go immediately. And that first season, we knew he was going to be a good player. I I don't think I knew that he was going to be our starting center for five seasons. um, Because it's always hard to predict that stuff. But man, he's turned into a good player. Someone who's really easy to hate on because he doesn't get a ton of rebounds and doesn't really score that much either. But... You know, a fun guy who shoots threes, spreads the floor really well, and blocks shots. So, we have him at 26. Austin, what do you have to add about Miles Turner? Miles Turner, two words. Crazy grandma. <laughs> uh, if you go to Miles Turner's Twitter page, his pinned tweet is great. It, it's a video of his grandma watching him play and just yelling crazy things for like 10 seconds, and that's it. <laughs> Uh, I don't I don't follow him on Twitter or I don't use Twitter really but I, I haven't seen that yet so I'll have to check that out but um, we love Miles spreads the floor really well I I do always you know I'm always a big proponent of trading him to get something better because I think Sabonis is the center of the future but right now Miles Turner's 26 on our list he could really be higher realistically but yeah he's here for now he's he made the all rookie second team his rookie season he was top five. In blocks per game four different times. He was first in 2018-2019. And Austin, a little fact about that, did not make any of the all-defensive teams after having 2.6 blocks a game and leading the league. I'm okay with that. You think you're okay with that? Yeah, I mean, just because you... That would be like Andre Drummond getting on there because he leads the league in rebounds. Yeah, but that's, you know... Don't you think blocks is a, a better defensive stat than rebounds? Mm, it could be. What if I block a shot and it just goes to another player and they make a shot? Yeah, I'm. Uh, but you're preventing one shot. What we need is we need a way to measure the efficiency of a block shot. A block oh. shot out of bounds. I read this about this in a book one time. Uh, a block shot out of bounds or a block shot out to another player on the on the offensive team is not the same as a block shot that my team gets back. If anything, a defensive rebound is better because the possession's over. Yeah. Um, Is that the book of basketball? 
No, I have not read the book of basketball. I know there's a lot of Wilt Chamberlain slander in there, so <laughs> I like Bill Simmons, but I will not be reading that book. Yeah, if you heard our Chris Copeland interview, you know Austin loves Wilt Chamberlain, and turns out Chris Copeland loves Austin for loving Chris or for loving Wilt Chamberlain. So I love you too, Chris. Yeah, shout out to a friend of the podcast, Chris Copeland. But anyway, um, yeah, we have Miles Turner, like like we said earlier, we have him at twenty sixth. And hopefully he, you know, jumps up this list. He hits big shots. If he shoots a three and he's open, you just know what's going in. And, you know, he affects shots on the other end of the court as well. So, good player. Number 26 on the Pacers all-time list. Um, Number 25, we got Derek McKee, who played eight seasons with the Pacers, 15 in total. Started out this, he started with the Seattle Supersonics. He got traded to the Pacers. For Detlef Schrempf, so we had Derek McKee for three good years and then like five mediocre years, but he was a small forward, averaged 8.8 points, 4.4 rebounds, 2.7 assists, and his career averages averaged 11, 4.7 to 2.4. That dipped a lot because his last few seasons with Indy uh, were just, you know, mediocre or below average. He was a two-time all-defensive second team. He was on the 2000s NBA, or the 2000 NBA Finals team, which... A lot of these guys who are on this list really made this list because they were on that team. It really he helps when hurt, you're on those, though, you know, right? like, what'd you say? He was hurt though, right? For, I mean, he only played 32 games that season. Yeah. Um, trying to see if he, oh no, it looks like he was back for the playoffs. Yeah. I, yeah, he played. Um, and Came off the bench for that series, obviously. We had Jalen Rose and Reggie. But well, the Pacers had Sam Perkins. So Sam Perkins was 0-4, I believe, in his career in the finals. Oh. Sad. That's interesting. That stinks, man, to make it there and just lose. He probably was expecting it his fourth time to lose. Or maybe he was just – I think he was just 0-3, but still, yeah. Still, that sucks, man. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Derek McKee was on that finals team. He was also on the 1986 USA gold medal team. Did you know that? <laughs> no, that must have been back when they only had like college guys. Yeah, it was. So let me read this to you. I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Would you like to add anything about Derek McKee while I look this up? His nickname was Heavy D. Rest in peace to <laughs> uh, the late great Heavy D. who's that heavy d he was a rapper who was very heavy (laughs) he had some uh popular songs though all right well i'm glad you told that because i found the usa team let me read this roster to you and keep in mind this was a gold medal team so we had kenny the jet smith from north carolina uh charles d smith from pittsburgh i don't even know who that is brian shaw uh, Ronnie Sakely from Syracuse. David Robinson was on that team. He was mm. probably the best player. I, I mean, I didn't watch this 86 USA team, or I haven't watched any recaps or anything about it. David Robinson. We had Derek McKee from Alabama and eventually the Pacers. We had a guard from Arizona, Steve Kerr. Mm. Tom Hammonds was on that team. Armand Gilliam. Sean Elliott. Tyron Bogues, better known from his stage name, which is Muggsy. And Tommy Amaker from Duke. So, That's how many of those names players. did you recognize? 
Pretty much all of them, I think. Nice. I, I don't know Charles D. Smith from Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, I don't think I know him. Yeah, or Ronnie uh, Sakely from Syracuse. I've never heard that name. Yeah, I never heard of that guy. Yeah, but I, uh, also Armand Gilliam. I don't remember him. That from, guy I've heard of. Okay, UNLV. Sean Elliott from Arizona. Tommy Amaker from Duke. I know that. Yeah. So, yeah, some good some good players here. David Robinson, obviously. Kenny Smith. Derek McKee. Steve Kerr. Muggsy Bogues. And then, you know, just a bunch of guys that didn't really work out in the NBA but had good college careers as well. So, uh, Derek McKee's a gold medalist for USA in 1986. And almost an NBA champion with the Pacers. So close. So close. Um, but, hey, I do just want to add that when the Pacers made the finals that year, our two best players were Reggie and Jalen Rose, and the Lakers' two best players were Shaq and Kobe, and we got two games on them. We won two games against Shaq and Kobe and those Lakers. Should have won three. We Yes, we should have won three, and who knows, maybe that would have swung it differently. We could have won the finals. But I just want to say Reggie is so dangerously underrated, it hurts. So we can't forget if as just casual NBA fans you cannot remember you cannot forget how good Reggie was. The fact that we won two games in an NBA Finals game against Shaq and Kobe means so much. So yeah, Derek McHugh's on that team. He's a crucial part as well. So we have him at twenty five. Do you have anything else you'd like to add about him? No. All right. Oh let's wait, move I on. do actually. Oh, I do. I found it interesting. Derek McKee was surprisingly like. Pretty good from 16 feet to the three-point line. And he was surprisingly bad, like, between 3 and 16 feet from the basket. Oh, really? He shot 57% within three feet of the rim. He shot 42% from 16% to the three-point line. Now, this is just 97 through 2002 when he left the league because I guess that's when they just started tracking that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he is thirty-seven point seven and thirty-five point one percent from three to ten, and then ten to sixteen feet. So I don't know oh. why the hell Derek McKee was so bad. That's weird. <laughs> in that range, you would think he'd be better, but he's not. Yeah, that's strange. Um, there's probably not a lot of players like that either. Hey, I mean, he might have worked great on the rocket system. Now, who knows? You're not even allowed to take those mid-range shots. Well, he was a 29% three-point shooter, so... Oh, okay, so probably not. <laughs> he probably wouldn't have made it. <laughs> All right, um, let's move on. Number 24, we have former Eastern Conference Finals point guard for the Pacers, George Hill, from IUPUI, actually, as well, up in Indy. So we got George Hill here at 24. One of my five... alma maters. Oh, that's true. Austin did attend IUPUI for a minute. Um, w- w- And then you moved to Hollywood, right? Um, that was about a year and a half apart. Okay, what'd you do in between? I can't remember now. Um, a lot of, uh, feet picks and, (laughs) uh, pickling things to try and pay my way to Hollywood. Yeah, and it worked. You made, so maybe you'd have some nice feet. If you guys want to, if you guys want to see Austin's feet, make sure to message him. (laughs) God bless. I'm just kidding. Don't. We already said don't. Um, I bet Jeremy has his phone out ready to call. Jesus Christ. (laughs) All right, let's talk about George Hill a little bit. So he played five seasons with the Pacers, 
was a point guard, obviously. I think he was kind of a combo guard. I think that was one of the biggest problems was with the Pacers was we didn't we did not have a true point guard. We uh, we had him for five seasons though as our combo guard. Averaged twelve point three points, three point nine assists, one steal. He uh, like I said was a two time Eastern Conference Finals starting point guard, which is crazy. His best season with the Pacers was I think the season Paul George broke his leg. 16.1 points, 5.1 assists, and only one steal, which is crazy for him because he's always been a great defensive player because of those long, lanky arms that he has, like kind of mm-hmm. monster arms, but only yeah. averaged one steal. Um, as a Pacers fan and as someone who knows the Pacers community real well, I'd say the, the, the thing he's known for the most is being a part of that Kawhi Leonard trade to the Spurs. Which stinks because he was a really good player, obviously. But he's been linked with Kawhi Leonard, and he forever will be as, uh, or from the Pacers fans will forever be linked with Kawhi Leonard. And do you think that's fair? I mean, he was a good player, but I think it's natural to think, oh, we could have maybe been the Clippers now with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, but you know, it's also who knows? Does Kawhi Leonard get that good if he doesn't play for? Greg Popovich. Um, but you're right. I mean, George Hill was a very solid point guard in his own right. I think he is worthy of the top 25 here. Um, Greg Popovich said it was one of the hardest decisions he's ever made in his coaching career, letting go of George Hill. And also, my favorite George Hill thing is he has a remix to the song All Gold Everything by Trinidad James. If you know that song, you know that it was a big hit um, in like 2013. I think it was in high school. So I think it was 2013 that that came out. And he has a rap song, that rap song, do you know which famous indie celebrity he did it with? I'm going to guess Mike Epps. It is Mike Epps. Yes. Mike Epps and George Hill have an all gold everything remix it's on youtube it is hilariously terrible <laughs> um and what it do you was give like, it out of 10 oh i mean like as far as how good is it or like how funny is how entertaining is it uh let's go both give us two scores it's 10 out of 10 entertainment it's zero out of 10 <laughs> musicianship um the, and the video is crazy too. The video is the same rating, like zero out of ten quality, ten out of ten entertainment. <laughs> um, it's hilarious. I love it. I'll look it up for sure. I was hoping the music, uh, the guy who released the song was Roy Hibbert, but that Mike Epps and George Hill song like is getting me really pumped to watch that. So. I think I think you you saved it by adding Mike Epps in there with George Hill. It would have been really funny to see Roy Hibbert do a song, but I will say George Hill is a better rapper than Mike Epps. Okay, good to know. I, you know what? Let me be the judge of that. I'll, I'll look it up. Mike Epps is hilariously bad, which I mean he is a comedian, <laughs> so he's kind of yeah. supposed to be hilarious. But he's supposed to be easy to laugh at, right? Yeah, it's great though. I mean, it was. I used to listen to that song all the time um, with my friends, and I think I used to know all the words. Yeah, that's crazy. I I don't know that song, to be honest. 
Unless you want to sing part of it, I might have heard of it. Mm-mm. I don't okay. sing. <laughs> I'll have to look it no, up. No, I don't <laughs> sing. You got to get some wine in me. Okay, well, maybe next time. Maybe next time we get to see each other. Mm. I don't know when that'll be. <laughs> trying to touch, We're trying to touch hands right now over the computer. Anyway, I thought this was interesting. Do you know where George Hill ranks all-time in IUPUI scoring? Keep in mind, he's the only NBA player to ever come out of IUPUI. Um, I guess he might be first then. He's fifth all time wow. in scoring at IUPUI. The real reason why is he only played there for three seasons. He was there four years, missed his third year because of injury, but then came back, had a pretty good year. They almost made the tournament. They lost in the uh, conference tournament in the conference finals to Colgate, I believe. I don't, I don't know if that sounds right, but I think it was Colgate. It was someone. And it might have been Belmont, actually. And decided to test out the, the pros. And his whole thought was, well, if he doesn't get drafted, he can go back to the team. It was different then. I think he went in 2010, maybe. I don't remember what year. 2011, I believe. So he went to test out uh, like his draft stock. I think he was around the 80s. And went to the Orlando rookie camp. And after he went there, he quickly jumped up from the 80s to being a projected early second round pick. And then in the draft, the Spurs actually reached and got him at number 26 overall in the first round. So someone who was projected 88th coming into the draft, played really well at the camps and at tryouts, ended up getting drafted in the first round. And uh, I think, I mean, that's crazy. I, I don't know if you ever hear of that kind of stuff happening so george hill moved up to 26 turned out to be a really good pro the spurs saw something in him and i mean he's been a good player so i like that story i think it's crazy that he's only fifth all time in iupy scoring he played there three seasons but is the only nba player to ever come out of there so yeah george hill went to iupy austin went to iupy maybe austin can make the nba one day there's still time you're entering your prime as well who knows Hey, that one guy who played for the Lakers a couple years ago was like a 37-year-old rookie or something. I think 32. It was Andre Ingram, right? Yeah. Um, who Chris Copeland played uh, AAU ball with. Yeah. And there was that guy who played football for South Carolina State or whatever, and he was like 60. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. <laughs> That's so stupid. So stupid. Probably broke a hip or whatever. I mean, like, good for that guy. Listen, good for that guy. Yeah, that he did that, and he has a lot to be proud of. But yeah, I I don't. I disagree. I think it sounds kind of desperate. It it kind of seems like an Uncle Rico thing from Napoleon Dynamite, (laughs) where you're just trying to get some satisfaction. Yeah, out of something that's you know for a twenty year old to get satisfaction out of. Yeah. That's that's my take on that. I always thought it was pathetic. Hey, and look, desperate. when I'm 60, I hope I'm still getting my satisfaction the way 20-year-olds get theirs. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So we had George Hill at 24. Next, we have George Hill's teammate in Indy, David West, at 23, which is so low, especially for someone who was the heart of the team for the Pacers for four years or five years. No, four years. But he was there only four seasons, didn't have great stats, was a really good player. He's a power forward for us. Our starting lineup those seasons was uh, George Hill, Lance Stevenson, Paul George, David West, Roy Hibbert. 
great lineup. Not a high-octane scoring lineup, but tough to score on. Uh, and someone that LeBron, that team was one that LeBron had a tough time getting past in uh, the playoffs. I mean, he did every single time, but it was a battle every time that they played as well. David West averaged 14.7 rebounds, 2.8 assists with the Pacers. His career average uh, averages was 14.6 rebounds, 2 assists. A lot of that was brought down when he started ring chasing towards the end of his career. Um, and his best season with the Pacers was 17.7.7 rebounds and 2.9 assists. Austin, I love David West. I love David West. What are your feelings towards him? I, you know what? I'm going to save the pump the brakes for a little later in this. Um, <laughs> but I I agree. David West was, he was the second best player on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, he was somebody who, when he played in New Orleans, was really good, was a two-time All-Star. Um, great pick-and-pop player was really good at mid-range shooting. Um, unlike Derek McKee, he could <laughs> shoot it between 3 and 16 feet. The numbers back that up. He could also shoot from 16 to the three-point line. Um, was a very good defensive player. Uh, was not the shot blocker that Roy Hibbert was, but... Uh, we had Roy Hibbert. I th- they did have Roy Hibbert, but I think he was a better... Just post defender and on ball defender was not as much of a, a liability in switches. Um, yeah, David West, very good, smart player. Uh, I don't like him as much though because he punched Blake Griffin in the nuts one time oh, at the game I was at. So your favorite, one of your favorite players of all time. Yeah, he gets some hate from me, but uh, respected. Yeah, um, he was the heart of that team. He was the player that the Pacers were building around at first. He's the greatest free agent signing that the Pacers have ever had, which is kind of sad, but, I mean, it shows you that David West was a good player. I mean, what's a better free agent signing than David West? I guess I can't think of anybody, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, mean, there's literally... I've done... I promise I've done all the research on this. Yeah, I guess all their acquisitions are like trades, like O'Neal was a trade, and... Reggie was drafted. Yeah. Yeah, it's either we draft players or trade for him. Oladipo was traded for. Paul George was drafted. I mean, anybody you can think... Like, we'll go through this when we get there. But, like, we traded or drafted all these guys. Um, David West is the best player we've ever signed. I guess Malcolm Brogdon could count one day and because um, he was a sign-and-trade. Yeah. So he, he could turn out to be our best signing. I mean, David West is a better player than... Malcolm Brogdon right now for the Pacers, like career-wise. We'll see how it all um, turns out. But yeah, David West is 23 on this list. I hate that you almost pumped the brakes on me because I believe that he could be higher. The especially pump, The pump the brakes is coming. I know, and I know who it's coming for. I'm going to be upset about it too. So <laughs> the guy that I believe you're going to pump the brakes on me for is one of my favorite all-time players. And I know you're going to make fun of me for him as well. So, yeah, David West, like I said, was on the Pacers and left to go ring chase. He was offered 12, or I think he had a player option. It was a $12 million deal for that season with the Pacers, the last one he was going to be on. And uh, 
did not did not pick up that player option. Instead, signed with the Spurs for a veteran's minimum, which means he left about $11 million on the table. So he started ring chasing. They didn't win the championship that year. And he finally won with the Warriors. Won two. Which, oh, yeah, won two. I, I totally forgot about that. I In my head, thought it was just one. So two with the Warriors. And uh, I guess got what he's looking for. I, I wish that he finished his career with the Pacers, but it seemed like he was already not fully liking Dave or Larry Bird and didn't like the way that Larry Bird was treating some of the players. And uh, David West didn't want to be the left, the last guy in town either. He always said, so yeah, I, you know, I liked him. I didn't like the way that he left fully, but I got him at 23 and you think he should be lower. No, I think he should be higher. Okay. Oh, higher than this other guy. I'm going to say in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Which I could probably agree with that. I'll talk about it when we get there. But yeah, so David West, 23. Let's move on to 22. This is Herb Williams. Austin, I'm going to fully let you run with this one because I knew that you did all the stats for this. Austin, you take it away. Yeah, so uh, Herb Williams. Herb. I would have thought (laughs) his name is H-E-R-B. I think it's Herb Williams. Okay, it's probably Herb, but I'm going to. Oh, yeah, well, his full name is Herbert, so I don't know. No, I think you know what I let you do all the stats for this one, so let's just say it's Herbert. Herb L. Williams. <laughs> I would have thought by his name and his black and white photo on Basketball Reference that he played in like the fifties or something, but he actually played from eighty-two to ninety-nine. <laughs> so, like, why they have a black and white photo for this guy is beyond me. Yeah. Um, it makes no sense, but he was actually pretty productive. Um, he was the Pacers starting center for one, two, three, four, five, six, like six and a half years. And he got traded to Dallas. Um, one year he was a 20 and nine guy with two and a half blocks. Um, no accolades or anything in his career, but, um, the numbers indicate that he was a pretty solid player for the Pacers while he was there and he played a long time too. Um, he is now an assistant coach for the New York Liberty, the WNBA team. Oh, and he finished his career. Uh, he played three and a half seasons with the Knicks. Uh, he is the oldest player to ever play in a Knicks game. He was, he was like 41 and a half years old when he played in that 99 finals against the Spurs. Wow. Yeah. And, That's uh, really good to know. So, yeah, Herb Williams didn't bother to look up his highlights or anything like that, but he played for the Pacers, <laughs> and apparently the people who did this list think that he is better than David West. Okay, so did you – I uh, – believe that he was a better pacer than David West in some ways. I think you could make an argument to put David West way up higher on this list as well. Um, Here's Herb Williams' similarity scores according to basketball reference, which I usually don't like, and I really don't like this either, I don't think. Um, I'm just going to name a few. Kent Kent Benson, Greg Ostertag, Tony Batie, Channing Frye, Chris Anderson, a.k.a. Birdman, LaSalle Thompson. That's his... uh, 18 years, win shares, best to worst. Herb Williams is number one, but it goes down from there. 
Um, so I, I guess like a Channing Fry comparison is what Basketball Reference is Dude, alluding to. This guy played for some garbage ass Pacers teams. <laughs> he was for sure just like a good stats, bad team guy. I yeah, mean, maybe but his he was... best season averaged 20 points, 9 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 2.4 blocks. And that's on Indy. I know, but like, I'm just looking at like, what did he really contribute? Yeah. Because he made the pay- the playoffs one time with the Pacers, and that year they went 500. Right. So, yeah, um, you know, I was kind of... I mean, don't don't try to convince me to move David West up, up the list right now, because I will. But Let's maybe we can talk about that eventually when we relook at this list next season. But yeah, I you know twenty. I think twenty two is fair for Herb Williams. I think Herb Williams would have been way lower down the list. Foster would have been a little lower. Um, I I might have had McKee. I don't know. It seems like he's maybe fine where he is. I think West would probably be a lot higher, though. He was the second-best player on a team that made the conference finals twice. Yeah, they probably could have won the championship, too. And was really good. I disagree with that. but Hey, if we, if we got past LeBron, man, who knows? That's the thing, though. Yeah. You got to get hey, past LeBron. I mean, sorry. Let me, let me rephrase. If we got past LeBron and the refs. I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to feed into that. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll you know, so you think David West is higher, you think Jeff Foster's lower. What about Lance Stevenson? I think he's about fine where he is. I mean, at his best at his best, he's probably a top 20 pacer of all time, I think. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's Lance Stevenson. You you take what you get with him. Would you rather have David West career as a pacer or victor oladipo's career as a pacer well probably oladipo because his isn't done yeah so no just like their uh amount of work that they put in like who had the better pacers career i still think oladipo because with oladipo too just like he's obviously a better player he was the number one option um and you know he's was played at IU. Yeah, easy. And it'll be very hard for anybody to be more loved, maybe besides Reggie Miller, than Victor Oladipo. Yeah, we we kind of have Oladipo. I don't want to give spoilers or anything. We do kind of have Oladipo low, um, but he did make the top twenty, and we'll get to that when we get there. But um, he's he's pretty close to David West. I think Oladipo is obviously going to rise up this list quickly. I hope that he's a top ten when all said and done. We'll see. I mean, he a story just came out. I'm sure everyone's seen it. Oladipo felt insulted when the Pacers offered it, uh, offered him a contract extension before the season, and I think the numbers were it was like a five year, hundred million dollar deal or something like that. So twenty million a year for Oladipo, and I'd be insulted too. Not gonna lie, because Miles Turner's getting twenty million a year and Sabonis is getting twenty million a year, and Oladipo is probably looking at that and saying. I'm way better than them. I should be making at least 28. Healthy Oladipo so, is. Yeah. So that's that's the thing. I think the Pacers are looking at it and kind of worried. Like, why would we make a five-year commitment at $30 million a year Yeah. to a guy who might not ever be the same player? Yeah. No reason to. 
which I would. I'd give him a four plus or a three plus one uh, player option for the last year at I'd say twenty eight a year. Yeah. <laughs> I'd do it, man. I believe in Oladipo. I believe I, I don't think that's a bad it. investment. Well, it I mean it could be. It could be, but I, I believe and I also don't think like I, I think Oladipo's gonna end up signing with the Pacers because I don't think a lot of teams are going to want to sign Oladipo right now with that injury history. Yeah, and I don't really know that a lot of teams have a lot of money either. Yeah. So it's probably in his interest to go back to Indy. Yeah. I don't know. People in the NBA don't really sign big one-year contracts like they do in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And just Unless you're J.J. Redick. That's true, yeah. J.J. Redick has managed to swindle that market. Yeah, it's crazy. Making it work. Um, so anyway, let's move on. We got one more player left. Number twenty-one, maybe the greatest all-around center in Pacers history. Good God. <laughs> this is Roy Hibbert, two-time All-Star with the Pacers. Played seven seasons with them as well. Was a center, obviously. Averaged eleven point eleven points, seven rebounds, two blocks with the Pacers. His career averages altogether was 10.6.1 or 6 rebounds and 1.7 blocks. He uh, his best season, he was an all-star. He averaged 12.8 points, 8.8 rebounds and 2 blocks. And was the starting center on two of those Eastern Conference Finals teams. So we have four of those starters in between um, 30 and 21. So we got George Hill, Lance Stevenson, David West, Roy Hibbert um, in 30 to 21. And he really revolutionized rim protection, man. I, or not revolutionized. No, he it, but didn't. <laughs> he devolutionized. He, he was the he was the prime example of what it meant to protect the rim in the NBA at that time. What to be big and plotting? No, to jump straight up. No one else did that. Look, I agree. Roy Hibbert deserves to be on this list. And I think he probably is worthy of the top 30. He was a great shot blocker and a, a big defensive force for a few years. Um, however, and a two-time All-Star. Yeah, okay. But, like, the notion that he is better than David West blows my mind. I don't know how he is higher than him. He was nowhere near the offensive player he was. And really, the only thing he has on him on defense is shot blocking, which is very valuable, and it's why he made an all-star. you got to think, too, how many you know centers are there to pick from for an all-star team? They've got to have true. at least two. So it's like, it's like when some schmo makes – or maybe not a schmo, but like when a center makes NBA first team – and there's another big man who's like a power forward. There, there's probably a handful of them that would definitely make it over him. Yeah, yeah. I know you love Roy Hibbert, but this is my big pump the brakes for this list. Whoa, dude! This is a big <laughs> pump the brakes. I haven't been pumped in a while. That he, oh lordy, that he is higher on this list than David West. Is, yeah, is is just insane to me. So when I made this list, I, I did this with a few other people. We um, combined scores and then made this list. I actually have Roy Hibbert at 17th 
on the Pacers all-time of list. Of course I'm looking you do. at it right now. So, uh, I had David West at 22, which uh. is higher than what he is on this list. I had, I guess it's been about a month or two since we did this list. I had him at 17th. I have him over some guys I don't want to mention, but um, I had him pretty high, man. I had him higher than 21. How he is above David West is baffling to me. Two-time All-Star, bro. That's it. That's the only cri- that's the criteria. I mean, I you know, the point of this list is like who is the greatest Pacers of all time? And it's taking a look at their time as a Pacer and deciding who was the best during that time. Right. You know? And you think that David West or yeah, David West was not better than Roy Hibbert. If I roll out the ball and I say, you got to win one game, you got to win one game. See, that's not I'm fair, let, though. I'm letting you pick between David West and Roy Hibbert. Okay. Okay, if you're asking me to build around one of these players. I'm not asking you to build around. I'm just asking you to win a game for your life. Okay, then neither. <laughs> no, but you have to pick two of those. That's part of the stipulation. I have a gun oh. to your head. I rolled a ball out on the court, and I said, pick a starting five, okay, but one of no. them has to be David West or Roy Hibbert. Okay, no, give me three different scenarios, like a shot or a defensive scenario or something. Give me three different, and I'll answer each of those. No. No, because we – come on. because like No, now you're, just, to... now you're just breaking it down. I know if I say, oh – yeah, I put a gun to your head, and I need you to somebody to block a shot. You're gonna pick Roy Hibbert, right? Correct. But so anything else, I don't know what else you would pick. Where Roy, you want Roy Hibbert, like finishing around the rim or I would pick David West. Like, that's what I'm. I, you didn't let me finish, dude. I'm saying if it's a finish around the rim, it's David West. If it's a mid range jumper, it's probably Roy Hibbert. I'm looking at the stats right now, Jack. Okay, let's see it. Roy Hibbert. Between 10 and 16 feet, here, I'll just go through the list. 37 1, 41-6, 38-1, 32-9, 34-8, 42, 40-2, and then uh, this doesn't even count, but like 52-9 when he played in Charlotte for like half a year. Okay. Oh, I forgot he played there. Yeah. Weird. I mean, his between 3 and 10 is better. But, like, his – it's not great. It's not better than David West. And then his 16 to th- feet to the three-point line is not better. So he's not a better mid-range shooter. You don't think his peak on the Pacers was better than David West's peak on the Pacers? No. Dude, you're so David crazy West for was, that. David West was the second best player on that team. Okay. Maybe. Dude, honestly, you could argue this either way and convince me. I'm dead serious. I think this is so close. Maybe Herb Williams just needs to bump down and we need to put Roy Hibbert and David West at 21A and B. Yeah, the, well, the Herb Williams thing, looking at, at his the teams he played on now, is a little ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I, I actually didn't factor that in. I just assumed the Pacers were always good when I looked at this. I should I should have gone more in-depth with Herb Williams. You should have known from our history of stats of the days that the Pacers have always sucked. Stop, dude. 
Um, they always lose. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, maybe who knows? Next year, Austin, you'll have a a, a bigger hand in this whole um, top fifty Pacers thing, and we we can discuss that Roy Hibbert David West difference. Because you're kind of convincing me here, I'm not gonna lie. I don't, I don't want to change it right now. But um, yeah, we, that's our 21 through 30. Do you want to add anything about Roy Hibbert real quick before we move on? Um, Roy oh, Hibbert love to anyway. fall down. <laughs> if you put a gun to my head and said pick one Pacers player to fall down, I would pick Roy Hibbert before he could even finish his sentence. That's funny, dude. There's a um, great you know, video I of. Thought- Kenyon Martin pulling the chair on him on YouTube. Oh, I haven't seen that. Um, I remember uh, Oladipo in college at IU. Every time he went up for a layup or a dunk, would fall. He doesn't do that yeah, as much anymore. But he he falls a lot. He was like a baby trying to find his wings. Yeah. Um. Someone one time when we were watching a Pacers game together said Roy Hibbert looks like his feet are bricks and he's running with bricks for feet. And yeah, if he, you watch him now, that's literally what it looks like. He was just like actually stomping around. <laughs> he was, man. Like I no mean, one taught him was, how to run. He was good. Well, the, I think the thing is, like, when you're seven two and two seventy, it's got to be hard to move. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys are never in the league very long. Um, he was. I don't want to take anything away from Roy Hibbert's peak. That you know, three or four seasons that he was. Uh, really good on really good Pacers teams. Um, I just think it's a travesty that he is above David West. Yeah. Don't you don't, let's not talk about it anymore because you could convince me we'll, we'll adjust it eventually. I'm sure. Um, but I, my whole thought behind it is Roy Hibbert was a two time all-star and he was the defensive anchor of that team, which that those Pacers teams were defensive oriented the whole i mean their offense cj watson even just verified it for us their whole offense was a pick and roll and then david west or roy hibbert shoots the mid-range jumper you know and mm-hmm. other than that everyone knew the pacers i mean really what everyone knew the pacers for was defense and roy hibbert was the anchor of that team mm-hmm. so the whole reason the pacers were successful was they were building around this defensive mentality and roy hibbert was the centerpiece of that whole thing so that's my whole thought process. Plus, he was a two-time All-Star. I think he gets a bad rap for that playoff series, or that, uh, yeah, the playoff series against the Hawks, where we almost lost to the eight-seed Hawks um, as the one seed. And um, you know, who knows? Maybe that was because Paul George slept with with Roy Hibbert's fiance. Who knows? We'll we'll find out one day if we keep asking these NBA players. But you haven't asked them yet. <laughs> I need to I need to ask Roy Hibbert one day. Oh my um, god. What I do dislike about Roy Hibbert right now though is he's working for the Philadelphia 76ers, which I think is so whack. Is he really? Yeah, he's on their staff. I don't know his exact role, but he's over there. I think he's development or something. I don't know. Oh. But yeah, he's on the 76ers. Now he's teaching Strange. Joel Embiid how to fall down. <laughs> Heck yeah. So, um Dude, let's recap real quick. So, 30, we have Jeff Foster, 29, Bill Keller, 28, Lance Stevenson, 27, Don Buse, 26, Miles Turner, 25, Derek McKee, 24, George Hill, 23, David West, 22, Herb Williams, and 21, Roy Hibbert. 
And obviously those last three we mentioned might change soon. We, we got into a bit of a discussion. Who knows? We'll see. But um, Austin, other than those guys, do you have any other takeaways from this list? Like, do you think Miles Turner is going to jump? Do you think any of these guys are going to fall out of the top 30? Um, I don't, Miles Turner could. I mean, if Jeff Foster got to 30 on longevity, who's to say Miles Turner can't get to 10 on longevity? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think these guys are at least around where they're supposed to be maybe for the most part. Yeah. Uh, and we have Demonis Sabonis at 31 lurking. You have to think he's going to probably make top 20 next year. If he has another season like he did this year. Um, and TJ Warren could make some jumps. Malcolm Brogdon could make some jumps. Who knows? I think Jeff Foster is probably going to be out of the top 30 next year. Billy Keller might as well don views. Who knows? I, I can't imagine us moving Lance Stevenson out just because of his popularity and the success that he had on those Pacers teams. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I like this list so far. I think Miles Turner can make a jump. I don't think he'll jump over David West and Roy Hibbert next season. But if he keeps going and with longevity, I don't think he'll make top 10, but... Well, Maybe if Roy Hibbert just falls down, it'd be pretty easy to jump over him. <laughs> he's probably like if he's on his side, laying down, he's probably like a foot and a half to two feet tall, right? Um, probably two two to three feet, maybe. I mean, I th- yeah, yeah, probably two to three feet because I'm mean, looking I at think, my chest. Yeah, I think I'm like one foot across at least, or something. I don't know, dude. You're probably more than one foot across. <laughs> your chest i don't know i mean i think this is like i mean the people the listeners can't see it but i'm just like stretching my index finger and my thumb all the way out and i think that is like uh based on prior measurements i think that's just like 18 inches so what are you talking about i just saying like when i stretch my index and my thumb Okay. I know from just hand measuring things in the past that that is like 18, <laughs> maybe 19 inches. And I can fit it all the way across my chest. So it's like a f- foot, foot and a half. Okay. You're, you're so mistaken if you think this is 18 or 19 inches. I'm just telling you what okay. I know <laughs> about mathematics. All right. We're going to have to delete all this maybe, but... Um, yeah, whoever's editing this, just make sure to delete all this. Anyway, um, Austin, next podcast we're doing, we're actually going to recap the Malice at the Palace with a buddy of ours. Um, but we will get to number 20 through 11 pretty soon. And I hope everyone's as excited as we are because this is when the list starts getting real. So Austin, what names have we not mentioned yet that you're looking forward to hearing? Um, Rick Smith's. Mm-hmm. Is that it? <laughs> That's it. Where do you think he's going to be on this list? I bet he's top 10. Okay. Rick with no yeah. C. Yeah, Rick with no Z. Oh, C. I heard that wrong. Um. So, yeah, man, we got some good podcasts coming up, great content as well. And uh, we're already 30 players into this list, which is crazy. So just 20 more, and it should be a blast. 
Guys, make sure if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast on whatever podcast app that you're listening to it on. iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, whatever it might be. You can find us there. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, follow us at all.pacers. Non-biasedly, is that a word? Unbiasedly, I'd say it's the greatest Pacers community out there. So make sure to come be a part of that. We love talking Pacers. We love uh, just hanging out and getting to know you guys as well on that platform as well. So, guys, uh, thanks so much for supporting us. Leave us a five-star review if you haven't already. And, Austin, hey, have a good one and be safe out there, okay? Bye. (laughs) See you, man. Peace out. It's all about playing the game the right way. The name on the front of the jersey is more important than that name on the back of the jersey. You play for the Indiana Pacers. That's who you represent.